the Own Your Intuitive podcast is for the creatives, spiritual entrepreneurs, and light workers in the world. The shining ones who have been told to dim their light and stop believing in magic. I say screw that. The time to rise is now to bring your gifts out into the world in a big way, creating a business that feeds your soul and your bank account. You are a magical being with the potential to change the world, one human at a time. The time for you to own your intuitive is now. Hey everybody, I am so excited to be back in the Own Your Intuitive podcast. I apologize deeply for disappearing. It has literally been about two months since I recorded the last episode in December of 2019. And I think I disappeared without knowing what was really going to be happening, whether I would continue on in the podcast world or not. And so I I want to say as I come back that December 2019 was a big energetic month. There was a lot going on astrologically, there was a lot going on energetically, and there was a big question at the end of 2019 about, for all of us, about what it was that we wanted to do in in 2020. What was our big goals? What would we want to step into, to define ourselves as, to create? And in my world, I questioned whether the podcast was part of it. In January 21st of 2020, I went to India. I went to India for three weeks, and it was beyond anything I had ever experienced. But coming out of a a difficult December, I was left with one big question when I was going to India. I was like, the question that I want, you know, the intention, when we set an intention, when intention setting is so imperative whenever we're doing anything. And I wanted to set a very strong intention uh, when I went to India of really tapping into hearing my guides, to hearing God, to hearing angels, to to getting the support that way through that channel that I felt the, the noise at, by the end of 2019 had dimmed for me. So this is the only place I'm sharing the story, you guys. And so I'm excited to be back and to have this, this container to share these parts of being intuitive that I don't always get to share with the rest of the world. And so as I left for India, I knew that we, I was going to be going on a spiritual pilgrimage. I knew that setting a strong intention was going to offer a invitation to expand for more, more experience, more hearing, spiritual hearing, spiritual sight. And in truth, even the trip to India, I tried to like get out of like I paid the deposit I was like all in and then when it came time to like go all in I was like I can't do it I'm gonna find every reason it'd be really convincing because I knew that there was a big transformation willing like you're just waiting in India and it happened and so I'm sharing with you guys today um something big that is occurring in my energetic world in my intuitive world and something i want to expand into so as the own your intuitive podcast comes back into play i'm holding off on the interviews for a short period of time as I set the tone and set the base for this new version of the Own Your Intuitive, where we will be talking about our spiritual gifts and how we utilize them in a way to impact the world through service, through community, through, you know, having a unique superpower that maybe not everybody is accessing, even though they have the capacity to. 
And so one of the big things for me in India was really getting closer to God than I have been ever. I've, I've kind of, you know, come out of the God closet more than once, but really not connected fully and, and softened the relationship quite dramatically by using words. And this is my own personal opinion and story. And by all means, comment, because I would love to engage in conversation with everyone about everything to do with this. But I was, I was afraid of the word God. I was afraid of God as a being, as an entity, as a connecting point for me. It just felt so far away, God, you know? Um, and so I would soften it for myself. I would say the universe, and I would say source, and I would say creator, and it felt safe, and it felt comfortable. And then I went to India. And one of the greatest parts about being in India is that devotion is easily attainable. And, you know, Krishna is one of the most accessible gods that I've ever come in in contact with. In terms of the story of Krishna being born to human parents and having a brother and having friends and having you know, girlfriends and all these kinds of things. And even though you could, I, in my world, it felt like, you know, they, they put a, a charm on everybody who was in Vrindavan where Krishna was born so that they wouldn't see him as a god and have a, an askewed view of, you know, how they loved him. Um, they just knew that they loved him very, very, very much. And through this relationship with Krishna, I realized how po- powerful it was for the Hindu religion to create a god that was, like, relatable. Like, I freaking fell in love with Krishna because Krishna was real. Like, he had parents and could be loved like a son and had friends and could, you know, cause mischief with his friends. And, you know was a lover. So sex was was beautiful and celebrated. And it really brought me to a place of, of realizing how close God was to me, how distant I had kept him from me. And what was really powerful is the secret story I'm about to tell was I am, I've realized that I'm not a monotheist. I'm a polytheist, meaning I, I get, I'm in conversation with multiple gods. Like I speak to God. And not just our one God that we, you know, feel towards ourselves, but all gods as different, almost like, how do I say it, reflections of the one God. So Krishna was like a reflection. And as I was journaling at the end of India, you know, I was journaling and and the goddess Maeve was standing beside me. And, you know, just really imparting that there is a, an up level to be had within myself and in my business and how I serve that is a form of royalty. Like, it felt very regal. And, I mean, that's a powerful thing for me to receive from Goddess Maeve because she was really the goddess who would date the, the to-be kings. She would date them and she would wed them and then they would rise to kingship. And also kind of cool because in June, I'm hosting my very first live event called Rebel Unicorns Live. And one of the most powerful parts of this event that was non-negotiable that was that I wanted to have an enchanted ball where we dress up as the most magical version of ourselves and come in as if you wanted to, like if you wanted to come in as an elfin king or queen or a fairy king or queen or however that persona or personification of you wanted to come in, that that would be a place to come fully in your regal and royal attire. 
but what was really cool as May was was you know chit-chatting with me as I was journaling is when I walked out that day with my group that I was in pilgrimage with the the general consensus or comment coming back to me the reflection was wow Tamara um, you know, you, you almost like feel like royalty today. And I was like, well, that's funny. You should say that because that was the message that I got. And another really cool thing that occurred, um, was the green man. The green man started to like, be like my spiritual guide when I was in India and has considerably shown up since I've come back to Canada as a consensus, as, as just a new guide for me. And looking into why, why would the green man appear to me in, in this way? And, and for myself, what I've reflected in and what I've known is that the green man represents a continuum through all religions. So you can go into a Catholic church and there are icons of the green man like engraved in some of the cathedrals dating back well in, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And in all different sorts of religions, the green man appears um, kind of like a connector between all. He's like the ability, he's like a wood and forest entity that allows us to connect to nature. And I think that that is a almost like a grounding foundational piece for all religions is nature and mama earth and, you know, supporting her. And as this new level of business that I'm working with, which are the elite spiritually gifted rebel unicorns here to change the vibration of mama earth. Know what I'm saying? Having the green man come along and, and kind of present himself as being that anchor, that anchor for the vision, the mission, what um, the representation of what the work I do moving forward is all about, I thought that was really profound. Now, I haven't shared this new communication with, uh, you know, higher dimensional beings with anyone. You guys are are the first. And I'm excited about what this means. I'm excited to share with you how they show up, who shows up, what communication comes through. Um, it's a big deal for me. It's a big deal to ask the intention to have a closer relationship to God and to to channel differently and to receive, um, at a higher capacity to be in service and then to walk away going like, holy shit, I got, I got me talking to some gods before coming home from India. Oh, like even had a massive moment, which I'll share for another episode of when I went to Radakund, which has got a beautiful story and uh, felt um, Krishna and Radhi Rani, his number one gopis of love, come over me so deeply. And I don't want to give too much away uh, because I want to share that story in a podcast coming up. But grateful to be back. Grateful to raise the bar on talking about intuition, uh, spiritual guides, other dimensions, how we can utilize our gifts in ways that empower and impact and change uh, the lives of people, of the earth, of leadership, of our children. It's going to be a whole new year of Epic Transformational Podcast, and I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you all.